Praise the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. You know what? It is just great to be able to be a part of the family of God. Hallelujah. It's great to be a part. Amen. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad he chose me. Amen. That's what he said, you know, in his word. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful for that. Hallelujah. Good to have everybody here with us today. Amen. Come together to worship the Lord. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that this is the first Sunday for our newest, youngest members. Is that right? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, great to have her. Maybe maybe we might be having a baby dedication for too long. I don't know. I hadn't talked to me about it, but maybe so. But uh, uh, and, uh, uh, it's just great to... Uh, to uh, for everybody that's uh, uh, that's here today, praise the Lord. We're going to get into the message um, and um, try to get uh, in and uh, get uh, involved in it. Uh, it's um, it could be lengthy, but I'm going to try to uh, uh, hold it down and just give you what I feel like the Lord wants us to have today that He will speak to us um, and. Uh, so you just be in prayer of, with us as we attempt to uh, minister the Word of God today. We're going to be reading from the book of St. Luke's Gospel, the 12th chapter and the 39th verse for our uh, Scripture text today. Just one uh, verse of Scripture, one passage of Scripture. We'll be getting into others as we get into the message. Luke chapter, 39, uh, chapter 12, verses 39. This is what it reads. But this, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Let me stop and inject something right here. Uh, this is not part of my message, but just let me tell you something. Just because you're a child of God does not mean God expects you to allow everybody to run over you. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the words of Jesus himself. He said, if you knew what hour the thief would come, you'd watch, you'd watch for him and not allow his house to be broken into. Hallelujah. Amen. There's nothing wrong in standing up for what is yours. Amen. And I, I, I could get into a message about that, but I said that's, that's not the message today. But I just, I just wanted to add that extra. I won't charge you no more for that. All right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would not... He would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come to you, God, on this Sunday afternoon, we thank you and we praise you for each and every one who's come together to join with us to worship your name. And now, Lord, we turn to your word. 
We're asking, God, that you will give us what you would have us today as instruction from your word. Anoint me, Lord, to be able, God, to deliver what you have placed on my heart today. And I pray, God, that you will speak to that soul that is here today who's struggling, who's going through some things, who needs some answers. I'm asking, God, that you will give them the answers that they need today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. I've chosen a topic for today's message, Intruder in the House. Intruder in the House. I'm going to start off by giving you a little bit of statistics. According to the FBI, a burglary occurs somewhere in the United States every 15.4 seconds. Every 15.4 seconds somewhere in the United States, according to the FBI, there's a burglary somebody's house is broken into. Now, we started service at 1.30, and now it's, it's getting pushing close to 3 o'clock. Think about how many burglaries has taken place in, the, in this country since we started service at 1.30 by those statistics. And over the recent years, the burglars do not care anymore. They've gotten pretty brazen. Burglars today don't care if the owners are at home or not. A burglary that occurs while the people at home is now called a home invasion. It's sure not like it was when I was a boy growing up. Did you know a lot of churches when I was a kid didn't even have to lock, they didn't even lock the doors. They left the doors unlocked in case somebody wanted to come in to pray. I, I was raised pretty much uh, in South Nashville. Daddy, Daddy worked for Ellen Railroad at Radnor Yards, and we, I lived all over. I went, I went to all of those schools out there at one, one time or another, Berry School, Elementary School, and uh, I went to the old Central High School for a while, and I don't know, uh, every, every one of them out there. And uh, back, in the, back, in those, back in those days grow, growing up, nobody had air conditioners. In the hot summertime, we went to bed at night with the windows raised with just a screen over them and, and, and a screen door sometimes with the door being left open, just a little latch on that screen door. Now, uh, I don't think I would uh, try to do that in South Nashville and would not here no more. I don't think I'd do that. Uh, we live in a different time for sure. Although the threat of intruders in your home is a serious matter, I need to warn you, and I want to speak to you today, of a far serious threat. And I'm not talking about the intruder who tries to break into your home. I'm talking about the intruder who comes to invade your heart, your family, and even your church. When these spiritual intruders invade our lives, they steal everything valuable and leave the house torn up and spiritually damaged or even dead. Amen. Intruders in the house. I want to talk, first of all, briefly about the intruder's desire for you. Amen. The intruder's desire for you. The intruder is not there to help you or benefit you in any way. 
Amen. They're not there because they like you and they just want to buddy up. They're not there to benefit you. The intruder wants to harm you or to sift out all the good things that God has placed in your life and called you for. I think it's a shame all the many thousands of people out there who's got some great talents that the de- they've allowed the devil to come in and sift them. There's been an intruder come in. They had all kind of potential to do good, great things for God, for to be used by God. Hey, let me tell you something. I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, to be, to be used by God just for one soul to be saved and, and make heaven and miss hell, man, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Hallelujah. And there are all kind of intruders that the devil sends your way to try to harm you, to sift you out, to take out all the good things that God has placed in your life and what He has called you for and what He's called you to be. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee (laughs) that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, I want, to, I want you to think about that. Now, this is Simon Peter we're talking about here. And a lot of you know this story here. Simon had a call of God on his life. He was a fisherman. He was a rugged guy. Man, man he, he, he was one of them guys, boy. Hey, man, he, uh, 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 he was just a, uh, you know, a, a man's man, and he, uh, he was rough and tough and a fisherman, boy. Hey, Amen. And, and wouldn't nothing stop him. But Jesus came by one time, and he let him know, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You see, Jesus saw something in Simon Peter that Peter himself didn't know he had. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Don't let the devil ever lie to you. I'm, God, I want you to know something. When Jesus Christ looks at you, hey, people want to, they'll let the devil lie to them and say, well, you, you ain't got this together. You got this issue and you got that issue. Amen. So God can't, God can't use you. Let me tell you something, sweetheart. When Jesus Christ looks at you, he don't look at you or where you're at, but what you're going to be in him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if you'll just listen to Jesus, what? Christ looked at Simon Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired you. He's desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. I'm going to tell you something, church. There's a lot of things that you might be able to lose and still make it out. But don't let the devil ever steal your faith. Don't let him take your faith. Hallelujah. Because that faith will keep you. It will hold you. Hallelujah. Hold you 
secure. Now, let me tell you a little bit about sifting the wheat back in those days. They used to sift the wheat to separate the kernel from the chaff. The chaff didn't have any value. The kernel was, was the good part. And they would get out there on the thresh and, and, and they would sift that wheat and, and they would take those windowman fans and those things and they would throw it up in the air and the wind would blow, blow off the chaff and the chaff would kind of blow away and, and, and the kernels would fall back down to the floor. When the intruder invades your heart, he sifts and separates and he... He, uh, and when he leaves, all you got left is the chaff because he has taken the kernels. He has taken the good stuff in your life, amen, and left you nothing but chaff. Come on. When the intruder is alcohol or drugs, they will enter your world and sift you of everything you have and leave you only a shell of who you once were. Oh, I'm preaching now whether you realize it or not. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm talking about intruder in the house. Jesus said if any man knew what hour the thief would come, he would have watched. Hallelujah. There's an intruder out to invade your life, to invade your soul, and he wants to get a hold of you. And he wants to sift out and destroy everything that's good about you. Every, every talent God has given you. Everything that you can be used by God with. And just leave you to be the shell of the former person you used to be. The devil has a lot of intruders. A lot of, and like I said, some of these intruders for some is alcohol or drugs. My, think of the wasted lives. My Lord, think of the wasted lives who people who have let the intruder of alcohol. I remember what my brother told me after he came back to God after 40-something years. Oh, there was Brother Rick was preaching. He used to buy the vodka by the gallon jugs, keep a cooler in the trunk of his car with orange juice on ice. And I don't know, I may have, but I, it was very seldom I did ever see, seen him a time during those 40 years that I didn't see him with a glass in his hand. You see, he started out young in his life called by God to minister. Some people talk about Brother Samuel and how I preach. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Boy, back in the younger days, my brother, man, he could, he could tear it up. I've seen him flat-footed stand up, and it'd be a, a banister-like up there across the edge of, 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 the, of the platform, flat-footed. The Spirit of God just get upon him and just, I mean, just jump plumb over that thing. But there was an intruder got in his life one day. And it wasted him. It sifted him. 
of everything that he had. And he told me that after he came back, after all those years, for a while he had a, there was a jug of uh, vodka, and all, he he may have told you this. He sat by his rocking chair there in the living room. And I don't want to know why you got this sitting there. He says I'm going to prove it, and the devil that it ain't got control over me no more. He'd come in, he'd sit there, and I I don't know twenty or thirty. I don't remember how how long it was, but finally the day come, he sat down, he looked at it, and he said, Well, he said I'll prove my point. He went, he poured it out. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The devil's got all kinds of intruders who does not have your betterment in mind. The devil does not care for you. He has no love for you like Christ does. But he wants to sift you of everything. I got some pictures of some people. Some of these you might recognize, some of them you won't, but they're linked together. And I want them to start up, put them pictures. Sugar Ray Williams was an all-star at one time for the Celtics. He had achieved everything. Had gotten more than what he could ever desire. But the alcohol and the drugs, the intruder came in, sifted him. And he is living somewhere today on the streets of L.A., homeless. Put up the next one. Ivan the Blade Barkley. Now, you have to follow boxing maybe to know or remember this man. He was not an Ali or Sugar Ray Leonard maybe. But this man made over $5 million in the boxing ring. Have you ever thought... Have you ever wondered, maybe think, man, you know, if if I could get a hold of a half a million or a million dollars, everything would be all right? This man built up to over $5 million. But drugs caused him to lose every dime of it. He's living and sleeping in the back seat of his automobile today. Another one. Put another one up. Look at the difference in these pictures, folks. Here's a young actress that came on the scene and made millions with the movie that come out of American Pie several years ago. She went from that one to several others. Everybody said she had it made. Big career. 
everything going for her. Natasha Lani. Today, she's living somewhere on the streets, sleeping under cardboard because of prescription drugs. Does not have nothing. Put up one more. How many remember him? Come on, get happy. Parker family. Made it wealthy as a child, a child star. He got to the point and place in his life through drugs and alcohol. He became homeless. He's back on the upswing now, but he lost everything that he ever did. And when I began to look on the Internet and I began to look some of these things up, it amazed me, folks, at the numbers of people all in the same shape. People who have made it big, who have got to made all kind of money that you could dream and imagine, fortune and fame. But they allowed an intruder to intrude their life. And that intruder come in and sifted them, just like what Jesus told Peter, the devil has desired to sift you as wheat. And when he comes in to sift you, folks, he takes out everything that is good about you, all your potential, all of your value. And when he goes away, he does not leave nothing but an empty shell. I've talked about the intruder's desire for you. What, let me talk just about the intruder's aim for you. In the book, in the book of John, chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. The truders only aim for you today. The thief in your life has only come to steal and to kill and destroy you. The intruder who invades your life has not come for your well-being. His aim is hostile and bent on your destruction. Now listen to me close. When the intruder is sin, sin will intrude in your life and it will entice your appetite for pleasure, entice your appetite for entertainment, Entice your appetite for self-fulfillment through the many opportunities of the world and all its delights. But you should never forget the true saying. I've, I've, I have quoted this before, and I'm going to quote it again today. Listen close to this preacher today. Sin will always, look at your neighbor and say always. Sin will always take you further than you intended to go. And it will keep you longer than you intended to stay. And it will cost you more than what you're able to pay. Oh, my God. Why do not we see the aim of the intruder in our lives? Yeah. 
hardest part about being a preacher and especially a pastor I look around this congregation today I can see faces of people who used to one time be a part of CFC these are not people who God has carried them on to glory. We've got a lot of those as part of that great cloud of witnesses that's waiting on us. There's a lot of people. Many people I've baptized. Seen coming to the kingdom of God who allowed an intruder to come in. Sifting. And when that intruder is sin, it always sin always takes you further than you intended to go. Some of those people that I can see in my mind's image right now, I've seen them as they stood in front of me. Tears running down their face saying brother Sammy I didn't intend Lord to go this far I didn't intend to end up like this this was never my desire that little precious baby did not come into this world today with a goal of thinking oh gee I want to grow up one day and be a drug addict. A child's not born with that desire. A child, the precious little girl over here, she says, when I grow up, grandma or granddad or mom and dad, I, I, I want to be a homeless person sleeping under cardboard on the street. We're all born with certain kinds of goals and dreams in our minds. But I guarantee you, we don't have them that because we don't intend that. But I'm here to tell you, sin will take you farther than you intended to go. And will keep you longer than you intended to say. And it will cost you more than what you are able to pay. God is speaking to somebody's heart right now. And if any time I'm a preaching, God is knocking at your heart. Don't wait for this preacher to still preaching. These altars are always open. Your deliverance, your salvation is more important than anything. Watch. Don't allow the intruders to come in and sift all the good out of your life. So when the intruder is sin, sin is able to entice our appetite. Some people, I've heard some people get up 
get up in church and testify, and they say, well, bless God, they, I, I don't know why people want to get out and sin and get out there. There ain't no pleasure in that. That's, that, that's hogwash. There is pleasure in sin. There is a certain amount of pleasure in living for the devil. Why do you think he's got so many followers if they wouldn't? Huh? Out at the party drinking, make you feel good. Taking your little toke, make you smile, make everything kind of just go by in slow motion. I'm floating on air. But see, there was a man in the Bible. He said he chose to suffer the afflictions of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You see, what the devil's got to offer you out there, it's not lasting long. Hallelujah. Drive down the highways and the byways, and you see the advertisements for alcohol and all those things. And you see the man and the woman and the partying up and everything good. And they show all the good things, you know. And let me tell you something. The most interesting man in the world is not the man that's on TV advertising the beer that I don't always drink beer, but when I do, the most interesting man in the world is Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I wonder why, though, they don't ever put up on the billboards and on TV the morning after. when you're down in the middle of the floor in the bathroom with your head stuck in a toilet. Ah, oh, but we had such a good time. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm a little vulgar there, but sometimes people has to be shocked into reality. There is a certain amount of pleasure in the world in sin for a season, but it's only a season. What Jesus has got to offer you today is for eternity, folks. Hallelujah! Well, it's all over me, and it's keeping me alive. Keeping me alive. Keeping me alive. Well, it's all over me. And it's keeping me alive. Jesus is keeping me alive. I have gotten on spiritual highs and spiritual drunks. I've been on a few. I've left the church house on Sunday night on Meridian Street a staggering. Hallelujah. Amen. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, hallelujah. Some people don't have it. They look at these Pentecostal people and they say, them people are crazy. Amen. They, on the day of Pentecost, they said, they are drunk. They don't got a hair, got drunk. Hallelujah. Oh, I might get drunk. 
when Peter stood up, he didn't deny that. He didn't say they wasn't drunk. He said they wasn't drunk as you suppose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I've never had a hangover from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. It's the intruder that we got to worry about. James 1 and 14, and I've got to move on quickly. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That passage of Scripture brings back a lot of memories for me. I used to preach it a lot when I was evangelist out on the field conducting revivals and preaching under tents with my dad, preaching hallelujah. There, there was one time that there was, there was a tavern on the corner down there of, of Centennial, Centennial Boulevard that, that there, was a, there was a back uh, porch like up off the ground that while we were singing and preaching in, under that tent, they'd, they'd come out there Amen. And, and, and sit and they'd sit on that porch and they would be drink drinking their suds while they was listening to everything. Hallelujah. Amen. But praise God as that revival went on, some of them that was sitting up there got under just right outside of the tent and then they got from the outside of the tent to sitting in the chair and then they got from the chair to the altar. Hallelujah. So help me God, there was one man amen, got to the altar and knelt and he was drunk as Tootie Brown. I don't know how drunk Tootie got but he was drunk as Tootie Brown and some people say, why you want to take the time to pray with an old drunk for? Well, hey, let me tell you, I promise you as I'm standing here with God as my witness, when that man stood up, he was as sober as I am right Right now. My God is the deliverer. And I used to use this verse a lot when I preached. Lust when it is conceived bringeth forth sin. Sin it is uh, finished bringeth forth death. I used to preach the message LSD. Back in those days, LSD, the drug, was really going going strong back then. LSD was a, an hallucinatory drug, make people um, have hallucinations. That's what happened to Art Leakletter's wife. I mean, daughter. They they, uh, you know, they thought that she she thought that she could fly and that she was flying, and that's actually what happened. She wasn't jumping off that building to try to kill herself. She wasn't trying to commit, but she was under the, the hallucinative influence of LSD. That's how come. Uh, uh, that uh, that he began to fight um, all those drugs for so many years uh, because of that LSD, folks. We got to be careful about the truders in our house and their lives. Let me talk briefly about the intruder's desire for your family. I got to talk a little bit about this because the family is under such attack today. When the intruder invades your family. Go ahead and put the first picture up there. When the intruder invades your family, he splits and divides the home, turning everyone against the other. He does this to see the family fall apart because even he knows that any house divided against itself can't stand. Go ahead and put the other picture up. Luke 
chapter 12, verse 52, Jesus said, From now on, five in one house will be divided against three, two against two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Matthew 12 and 25, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. It is, it is the intruder that comes into homes that gets mamas and daddies arguing with one another, fighting. If you can put those picture, one of those pictures back up, that'd be great while I'm, while I'm kind of talking about this. When a mom and dad has got too much, so too much stinking pride to back down, even if they may be in the right themselves and not think about that child. Because, see, in all these situations, it's always the children that hurts the most. Hallelujah. Now, nobody, nobody has a, a perfect relationship. <laughs> Some people might say, well, you know, I got a, I got a perfect relationship. Well, if you've got a perfect relationship, the relationship that you have is nobody but yourself. Sister Darlene and myself, we've had, we've had our share. But we made an agreement when our children come along. We weren't going to be hashing out our problems in front of our kids. And when you do have a disagreement, and there's an argument, and there's anger, the only way to keep the intruder from tearing up and sifting up your marriage is making sure you do what the Bible says. Don't let the sun get, go down on your wrath. You get it taken care of. Wives, husbands, don't never, I don't care if you have to stay up all stinking night long, do not go to bed mad at one another. Because if you do, if you do, you're unlocking the door to the intruder to come in. Don't never leave. And you go to your, one, one goes to one job and another another job without making sure, husbands, you say, honey, I love you. It don't make no difference what's went on the night before and all the arguments and whatever. But if you don't settle the matter soon, intruders are going to come and he's going to take care of stuff. Because, husband, if you don't tell your wife how much you appreciate them and how much you love them, 
I guarantee you there's going to be some sly joker at work who will do it for you. Well, hello there, beautiful thing. How you doing today? Hmm? My, it's getting quiet now, ain't it? But I'm giving you, I'm giving you some stuff today that will save your relationships and your marriage. Amen. Hallelujah. You cannot open any door or leave any door unlocked for the intruder because I guarantee you the intruder is going to come in. Hallelujah. Amen. And let me tell you something while I'm on it. Let me just get on my soapbox right now. Bible gives the man specific things of how they should love their wives and how they treat them. I don't care if you have been married 40 or 50 years, it still ain't going to kill you when you get out to the car to open the door for your wife to get in. It ain't going to kill you to open a door when you're going in and out of the building. Yeah, I've had some income snotting and snotting here. Oh, Brother Samuel, we're about to break up. It's about all over with. She says, she says, I don't ever tell her I love her. I always thought she knew. <laughs> what well, dodo bird, how does she know if you don't tell her? I guarantee you when you was when you was out there trying to make her yours, you were letting her know. Hallelujah. When you was dating, you you cared about how you looked. Then, it's amazing to me how things don't seem to matter once we get them. I'm going to have to give you my car keys again let you go start my car. I'm going to have to get out of Dodge quick now. All I'm talking about, folks, is opening the door for intruders to come in. If you appreciate somebody, you ought to tell them you appreciate them. Hallelujah. Amen. Give somebody their flowers while they're living. I remember, I remember on the hill of South, South Nashville, uh, Man that I love dear. I remember. I remember. I remember for a while um, in, in the in the little block uh, Stolbin Church that uh, the dad pastored. Um, he uh, he he was a, my Sunday school teacher when I was just a little fellow. But and uh, uh, he used to he used to get up there and pick that old uh, flat top guitar and um, 
my brother uh, back him up and uh, playing on guitar and he'd, uh, he'd say, sing that old song. When time shall come for my leaving, when I bid you adieu, don't spend your money for flowers, just a rose will do. You know why that's, that's so? Because you give people their flowers while they're living. That person laying there in that casket is not going to know nothing. And if you got a casket laying up here and you got this whole place loaded with flowers, it might it might look nice, but there's a lot of hungry people on the streets of Nashville that the money would be better spent for. I don't know how many I, I, I can't begin to know as long as I've been ministering. But there's been many a funerals that I've conducted and then when you get through the uh, uh, funeral directors will usually get get the minister and have them to come down and stand at the head of the casket and you're standing there like, like this with your maybe your Bible in your hand and everything you're standing there while people pass by to pay their last and final respects And you know, you know what haunts me the most is sometimes when you hear a child go by and say, Daddy, I didn't mean those words I said to you. Mama, I didn't mean treating you so bad. Or a husband telling the wives, Darling, I never told you much, but I loved you with my heart. I've heard all of that while standing. And I'm going to tell you, that person in that casket does not hear none of that. Matter of fact, that person is not even there. You, that's the house that they lived in. They are done moved out. If the Lord does not come one day, I'll go by the way of the grave. And, and, and I'll be laid out, amen, in my casket, amen, there on, uh, in the church, amen, people will pass by, but I will not know and I will not hear nothing that's going on and neither will you when it's your time. There's certain things we need to do here and now while it matters. While it matters, we need to do that. And you know what? God is pleased with us when we do. Briefly, I'm going to talk about the intruder's desire for the church, when the intruder comes into the church. Put up one of those pictures there, brother. Here's a church building, all grown up, and they are literally vultures on the roof. When the intruder invades your church, his desire is to stop, slow down, and hinder the salvation of souls and move of the Spirit of God in your midst. The chief objective is to see the doors locked and the congregation gone. Put up another picture. Think about that. 
ever how long that church was in that community? They may, they may have had all kind of revivals, did all kind of things for the community, went door knocking, all kind of advertisements. Think about that final advertisement. Closed until further notice, all meetings canceled. Can't you just see how much the devil is a smiling and laughing over that when he sees that? Why does things like this happen? Because church people let down their guard and they allow the intruder to come into the church. There are many ways intruders move in the church. One way, you get an intruder come in and, and you get some pe- uh, people that gets a spirit that they begin to have, uh, they, that they begin to buck up and stand against the leadership that God has placed in the church. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, the writers of Hebrews says, Obey those who have rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not magnifying a man here, but I am magnifying the office. God has placed the five-fold ministry in the body of Christ. And he places it under authority and leadership and when we come against the leadership and the authority that God has placed you're not coming against them you're coming against God now I'm saying this for your own benefit today I remember I remember a few years ago brother Spencer McCoo uh, preached the missions missions conference and when it was over in the gymnasium and I remember a message he preached and he talked about the, the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant, it represented the Spirit of God. That's where, that's where the presence of God, the Shekinah glory. Uh, it set behind the veil in the, in, in the Holy of Holy Place. There was not no light. There was not no candlestick behind the veil. But yet there was light by, in that room. That, that, that the high priest could see when he went back there because the glory of the Lord shined from that. The ark represented the presence of God. The mercy seat was there. We know, And we know stories of when David went to get the ark uh, and, uh, uh, and they, they went about it in the wrong order and they placed the ark on a new cart, which shouldn't have been done. And uh, uh, as the cart was going along, um, uh, the animals that was carrying it, and that ark kind of shook. I don't know if they went over a, a rock or what, but that ark began to shake on that cart. And um, uh, uh, Uzziah reached forth his hand to steady it because he, he thought it was going to fall, and God struck him down. Now, see, we don't move in those areas. Everything in the Old Testament was types and shadows of, of what God was going to do under the New Covenant. And Brother Spencer McCoo preached a beautiful message to let us know that that presence that was in the ark in the Old Testament, he showed it by Scripture and everything how that that, that presence of God 
Amen. It's not it's not on a, a a box that's overlaid with gold today, but it's actually through the ministry. And that's how God blesses his people today. Amen. Through the ministry. Uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and, and, and all and all those things. And and he brought out, he said, Let me tell you something. We have to keep ourselves under the submission of those that God has put Amos under. He said, obey those who have the rule upon you. Amen. And even though sometimes, amen, we look at somebody, amen, and maybe maybe something that they're doing or their life looks a little bit shaky. Let me tell you something. You may be doing it intentionally for good, but you better keep your hands away from the ministry God has ordained because God will take care of that. Nobody else has a right to touch that. Now, I'm preaching to you the truth today. This man had good intentions. He thought in his mind, he said, oh, man, if I don't do something, this thing's going to fall apart. It's going to fall over. He wasn't, but he wasn't his place. Do you hear what I'm saying? And he was struck. This is how intruders come into the church. There's another way that intruders come into the church. And I'm going to cover this, and then I'm going to close. A truder come in the church through a divisive spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all loneliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There, if you remember the pictures of the churches, they get that way because we allow divisive spirits come in. Intruders come in. Divisive spirits. Amen. People who try to manipulate behind the scenes. Amen. Uh, I, I, I know, I know we got, I got one brother back here who knows full well what I'm talking about right, right now. Amen. Doing things back behind the back of the pastor, trying to cause dissension, trying to cause an upheaval. And you know what? Men of God who try to keep a humble spirit about them, just because they have a humble spirit, don't, don't think that they're as naive as what they may look like. Hallelujah. Because God does talk to His people. Hallelujah. Amen. But it is the intruder that comes in to bring a divisive spirit, amen, to tear things apart. Hallelujah. But you know what? We're going to stand and we're going to watch. We're going to keep an eye out for the thief that's going to come in, and we're not going to allow him to come in. Can you say amen? Let's everybody stand together. We're going to do a course. If anybody feels like they need to come for prayer, we're going to give you an opportunity. I do got do got some pictures that we're going to show of this building, uh, but uh, 